Hello and welcome to the seventh episode, the most magical episode of of Muggles and Mudbloods, a podcast where I, Tavi Whitman, together with Mona Musa, talk about hello, uh, talk about the Harry Potter books from a Muggle or Muggle-born perspective. Today, of course, Chapter Seven: The Sorting Hats. Yeah. Pretty much. So I'm going. I'm going to start with my 30-second recap, as usual. Hopefully, I'm not going to fuck it up this time. Sorry for swearing, but yeah. is your time already, Tavi? It is. Three, two, one, go. The door opens and Professor McGonagall leads the students to the enormous entrance hall with lit flaming torches. She welcomes the first years to Hogwarts, explaining they'll be sorted into houses. Ron and Harry and the others, they all worry about how, what are the houses, um, do they need to take a test, is it a physical test? Um, McGonagall ends up leading the students to the front of the hall and places a pointed wizard's hat on a stool that is very tattered and dirty. The hat begins to sing a song about the different houses and... Um, that the gang ends up being in Gryffindor. At the end, Harry uh, looks up at the table where the teachers are, and he uh, made eye contact with Professor Snape. Snape looks back at Harry, and he feels a sharp, hot pain across Harry's uh, scar. And then the sensation disappears, disappears instantly, but Harry gets a sense that the teacher doesn't like him. Yeah, and that is a bit of a time, but, you know, we, we oh, want to introduce Snape at the beginning. So in this chapter, we are going to be talking about first impressions, um, as usual, this time, first impressions of the Hogwarts houses. Of course, Muggleborns don't often have a first impression of Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, Gryffindor, and Slytherin, since they, well, aren't introduced during their childhood years, which is... Oh, obvious why. They are muggle-born after all. And of course, they only have three options. There is no chance that they are going to be accepted into Slytherin unless they are <laughs> secretly pure-born, pure-blood for some strange reason, which most aren't, with, with the exception of Tom Riddle. Wait, seriously? Well, he was raised in a muggle, he was raised in an orphanage. I, a muggle, I, right? I mean... I mean, you're, you need to be a pure bud in order to be Slytherin. Yeah. Oh. Like, oh, damn. Slytherin then I must didn't be take pure any blood. Of, but pure bloods. Yeah. I'm a pure blood, everybody. Just yeah. saying. Pure blood asking like those memes that go around, you know, pure bloods are people <laughs> that, that read the books and hate everyone that has watched the movies and hadn't, hasn't read the books. Yeah. Definitely a pure blood. That's, yeah. Anyway, anyway, which is, so... We get our first introduction of the Hogwarts houses, um, of course, by Hagrid a couple chapters ago, when he describes Slytherin as, you know, the only house where any evil wizard, which is a wizard, ever came from, which is a great introduction, by the way, considering the fact that Hagrid is not exactly one for being accurate at times. <laughs> um, he might not have been the best student in his three years of education, which is a bit of an issue as well. Where is Hogwarts primary school? Oh, we've been through that over and over. I know. Last episode. We're not going through this again, Tavi, no. No, I know. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway. So 
our first neutral introductions of the Hogwarts houses comes not from Griff, from Hagrid or Malfoy, but from the Sorting Hat, because the Sorting Hat is, you know, not biased um, to some nth degree for either Slytherin or Gryffindor, like Hagrid and mm. and Malfoy are. But we hear the Hogwarts house is described as in Gryffindor, where dwell the brave at heart, their daring nerve and chivalry set Gryffindors apart. And Hufflepuff, where they are just and loyal, those patient Hufflepuffs are true and unafraid of toil. In wise old Ravenclaw, if, if you are a ready mind, where those of wit and learning will always find their kind. And of course, nerd alert. In Slytherin, you'll make your real friends. Those cunning folk use any means to achieve their ends. So this really does summarize the houses fairly well. But I, I, I want to go into something else when it comes to diff what, like different theories about, you know, why the, the houses rank where they are. Um, and there is, you know, wit as in being intelligent, but there's also wit as being witty. Um, and we do know that Ravenclaw never really wins any of the house cups. No, because they're a bunch of nerds. But also Hermione loses points for being an insufferable know-it-all. Yeah. So that might be Ravenclaw's kind of thing when it comes to, you know, the house cup. Is there, they're a bit, you know, snarky and a bit of a smart ass, too much for their own good, so they don't really, you know, filter. <laughs> Still don't believe them. Raven calls, please. Yeah, you know, and the only persons we meet from all the houses are seekers, because you know, that's mm -hmm. how you know somebody's important because they're a seeker. <laughs> Cho Chang, Shedrick, Malfoy, and Harry. Oh, and Ginny, of course. So, yeah. if you're important, you're a seeker. If you're not a seeker, you don't matter. Sorry, guys. Um, no, it's that's <laughs> not not exactly accurate, but you know, um, they they Rowling has a thing for seekers. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> let's not let's not talk about Rowling anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was I was about to make like the you. They, he might be a seeker, but I'm a keeper. Joke, you know that kind of like really bad pickup oh, line. No. Because oh, there God. are some absolutely terrible pickup lines um, with Harry Potter themes. Um, oh my God, the one that I've tried on Tinder. Yeah, um, Mona has <laughs> at multiple occasions sent, "I want to be your Dumbledore" on Tinder to people, and that's quite entertaining. Anyway, back to the chapter, back to the book. Um, one thing that really stands out for me is with the first, with the, the first experiences that we do get in this chapter is at the very, very end, Harry has a dream. And in that dream, he is wearing quir quirrells, Quinius Quirrell's turban, that is telling him he belongs in Slytherin. Foreshadowing. Which is the, well, yes, foreshadowing, but it also, it also is that he already has a bit of Voldemort in him. Yeah, I mean, Harry has a bit of everything in him. No, but he has a bit of Voldemort's soul in him. He's a horcrux. Well, yeah, yeah, but when, when it comes to, like, even the sorting hat and everything, that the hat was debating, it's like, oh, yeah, Slytherin. 
Well, yeah, I, I, I agree, but like, there's the thing that, you know, there's a bit of Lord Voldemort in Harry, a bit of a true Slytherin, an heir of Slytherin in Harry that's telling him he should be in Slytherin, which is, which is you know, mm. um, really, really some unexpected foreshadowing um, that does tie in nicely to like book seven when we find out he's a Horcrux as well. Not only the end of this book, which is, you know, what tends to be discussed as, which is pretty cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. No, but, but I, mean, I mean, oh God, don't start singing this episode. I, it's just, no, no singing. No, as I was about to say, like, even the Sorting Hat did realize that, like, maybe the Sorting Hat didn't realize that Harry has a bit of Voldemort in him, but the fact that he did also belong to to, uh, to Slytherin. Yeah, and there is, there is that theory that, you know, uh, Ronald is the Hufflepuff, Hermione is the Ravenclaw, and, of course, Harry is the Slytherin in the group. Okay, but if they... If they had like a bit of Slytherin and Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff, why did they all end up in Gryffindor? Because there's a theory here that the Sporting Hat puts you in a house with values that they want to encourage, where you can mm. grow. So it's not only that you know this is what what characteristics you portray most. Mm. Um, Hermione does not have any issues with being bookish. She's got that down, um, but she has a bit of an issue with taking risks. She isn't oh, yeah. exactly big on that part. So Ravenclaw, or sorry, Gryffindor is a good house for her because it leads her down a different path. path. Um, mm. Then, of course, maybe Ron is a bit of an issue as well because, you know, his really only option was Gryffindor. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he like when when um, Ron was sorted, and then like Harry started like you know applauding, making noises and stuff. I'm like, oh yes. I, f- I feel like I'm I'm reading the books from the start as if I don't remember anything sometimes. Yeah, I, I feel like that too. But you, um... another another first that was very entertaining was the fact that the food appeared on the table. Like everyone was so starving and so anxious, and then they see all the foods that they like we also have one second company and that is you know we have the ghosts we have we have nearly headless nick we have the the fat friar we have the bloody baron the ghost of ravenclaw tower um later plays a very significant role as well but we also get introduced to peeves the poltergeist who's that again he is the person they should never have cut from the movies the poltergeist the the noisy ghost, as it is translated from German. It's literally a noisy ghost. It's he's the guy that, you know, he is the he is the ghost that fucks things up. He is the one that can actually <laughs> move objects. A poltergeist is a is a semi-corporeal ghost that can actually do shit. Um, which is both good and bad because you know mm-hmm. he can yeah, he's got an evil cackle and you know, ickle thirsties, what fun. He's gonna fuck with them. Um Lord and Savior, uh, patron saint of the Weasley Twins. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, basically, I think he is. You know, he's 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 um interesting, and it is a travesty that they cut that they cut him from the from the movies because he is he's really a fantastic character. 
and he does he does have a has have some great lines, including you know, Valdi's gone moldy. Um, <laughs> at the very end of the books, like he he sings that Valdi's dead, and it's great. And he's also the one that, like tells on Harry for kissing Ginny and on Harry for kissing Cho, and like basically. Whoa, whoa. If... Spoiler alert! Spoiler oh alert! Big time. Harry kissed Ginny. Oh my god. Oh, by the way, it's called snogging. Uh, no. <laughs> that word. I know. <laughs> it's it's one of the things with like J.K. is her 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 inopportune word choice. You know. Mm-hmm. What Slughorn ejaculated or like it's it, you don't. There's a lot of ways to say somebody said something. I would personally not choose ejaculated. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it does give you a fairly good image of how Slughorn said it. Oh, God. I know. Now I just, I I have like the complete wrong images in my head right now because of that word. We also get introduced some of the characters as in their backgrounds, especially with Neville. Neville and Seamus Finnegan, for example. You know, like he talks about how he's been pushed off the window a few times and then like how his grandma cried when um he re- he realized he was a wizard yeah there's also the yeah. interesting mention that you know we didn't think there'd be enough magic in me which implies that being magical might not be enough to get you into hogwarts you might actually have to reach a certain magical threshold like the magic like the midichlorian threshold you need to have to become a jedi you know you need to be a certain <laughs> magical too how does that make it? How does that make any sense? If you're a wizard or a witch, you have magic in you. There's not like a certain amount of magic in you. Like, well, no. maybe um, there's some kind of magical aptitude. Some people's spells are more powerful than others. Um, and it's not simply about intelligence. Some people can cast more powerful levitating spells or curses just out of talent, and that could be magical ability. That actually brings me to something fairly interesting here um, that Neville mentioned, and it's that it's his great uncle that buys him the toad. Oh, yeah, true. Because I thought his grandma gave it to him. I think we spoke about it before. We did. And as Hagrid mentioned, this is like a very old style of gift. So this confirms it, that, you know, you have your your great uncle, a great grandparent, basically, giving you um, a pet for Hogwarts, which might have been cool when he was at Hogwarts, but not now obviously mm-hmm. um they went out of fashion in hagrid's time <laughs> and that hagrid's actually you know for all we think about hagrid him being like in his 30s or 40s by his behavior he's in his 70s at this point wait he's in his 70s yeah the age portrayal in some characters in, ha- in harry potter isn't great because hagrid attended hogwarts along with tom riddle Hagrid was a third year when Tom Riddle was in sixth, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Sixth or seventh year. And it, 50 years go by. So Hagrid must have at least be like 64, 65 years old. Jesus Christ. So, you know, like he is an old man. Um, but in, like he doesn't look like an old man or he doesn't behave like an old man either. No, I think it's a giant thing. You know, giants are might as 
in many cases be exempt from the general rules of shit. <laughs> Aging. Um, that, but also some curses used to bounce off Hagrid, um, which would be like a very convenient thing to have. But like, the same thing with like, you know, how witches and wizards actually live a lot longer than humans. Um, the average yeah. age of wizard is, you know, over a hundred years, whereas, you know, in the muggle world, it, it, in developed countries, it's around 80, 86 years old. And like, you know, the average witch wizard makes it to 120. But that still doesn't explain Hagrid being young, like well, l- looking young or appearing and behaving young rather than a 60 or 70 year old yeah. man. See, we have anti-wrinkle creams. They don't work, honestly. I've been trying them and they don't work. You're not that old, Molly. You just turned 23. Yeah, I'm 23. I'm an old adult. No, well, not old, but I'm an adult still. And I'm graying, and so you know, this is this is great. We're two. We're gonna be two old people doing a podcast. Um, <laughs> the thing with like wizards and that kind of stuff, we have they're not really affected by the regular maladies, like you know the regular sicknesses. And this is something we talked about last episode. Um, you know, with the medical profession, with, with medical issues, um, a common cold isn't gonna be an issue for a wizard because you know. I'm fairly certain there's got to be a charm to just banish that shit. That would be amazing in real life. And unless you've got dragon pox, I'm sorry, but you're going to be fine. So I'm just surprised that Dumbledore decided to let himself be wrinkled and not look like the guy that plays him in Fantastic Beasts for all the issues that film has. Yeah. We, we, we also... Dumbledore in Fantastic Beasts is fine as fuck. Uh-huh. He is... I, I didn't want to say that, but I was, you know... Oh hell yeah! Yeah. <laughs> but also his 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 uh his fashion sense took a he aged dramatically between that movie and when he met Tom Riddle number mm-hmm. one, and it, his fashion sense went down dramatically. I mean, may, maybe he's wearing his clothes for a dramatic effect to show, like you know, like he is dapper, and then he meets Tom, and he's kind of like disheveled. Mm-hmm. And then he is like, I'm going to wear robes. Yeah, but they're comfy. Like, you, you've got air breezing in. It's like air circulation and everything. Yeah. I don't blame him. He is the, he is the president emeritus of the fart or association. <laughs> Did we mention that last yeah. episode or not? We've spoken about the fart thing. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, the fart association, it stands for... The Fresh Air Refreshes Totally organization, which is a organization founded after the International Statute of Secrecy in 1692 to oppose the directives for witches and wizards to wear pants while in public with muggles. Oh, yeah. I was like, if, if, if they're in their own wizard world, it would be fine. But wearing... Not yeah. like wearing that in, in public with muggles, that would be a tiny bit questionable. Or see, one question I or they would think that he's a hippie for all. Oh yeah, they they'd be they'd be happy where I grew up, you know, a bunch of hippies. <laughs> um one thing I'm also thinking is that, you know, would this be like interpreted as like, you know, witches and wizards really like living in Scotland? Yeah. Like I I, this might be like motivation for like which was like you know be a bit more dense in population in Scotland than maybe in England because you know 
kilts. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you get the breeze around <laughs> your balls. Um. <laughs> Mona, calm down. Um, right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> which is, you know, um, which is, you know, a thing that they apparently value um, above a lot of more reasonable things to value. To be fair, like. They, they could be putting, you know, more emphasis on like adopting convenient, you know, muggle technologies, like, you know, um, how clocks are actually supposed to work and not the way that the Wheezies have been using it. No, but, but I, I mean, like airing things out is a priority for some people. Like, com- they need to be comfortable in order to be proper wizards and do their own magic. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not the one I'm thinking about. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so <laughs> before we derail too much, um, we're going to start rounding off this episode. Um, to summarize, the seventh chapter, the most magical chapter in the Harry Potter books. I wonder if that's a coincidence. Chapter seven reaching Hogwarts. What do you mean? Seven is the most magical number. Is it? And chapter seven is, yeah, seven horcruxes. Oh, I had no idea. Seven years at Hogwarts. Oh my God. Oh, that, oh, that's a first for me, definitely. Isn't it seven Weasley kids? <laughs> seven books. Okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. Seven is a magical and number. Chapter seven, in chapter seven is the arrival at Hogwarts. It is. It is a magical chapter. Oh. Every chapter is a magical chapter, Mona. No, but I mean, I mean that—that's where they—they they feel like they're like they're sitting there. They're feeling their their true selves. They're getting sorted. It's a magical moment for everybody. Yeah. Besides so, Snape. Okay. One last thing before we round off. Um, a little comment made by Dumbledore about Filch. Filch doesn't want witches and wizards doing magic in the halls. How the fuck are you supposed to do homework? I mean, in the halls, I think I think he meant by like hallways. But if they go to their common mm. rooms and and in their rooms and do their homework, they are. That's pretty much. That's pretty packed too, though. Like they have to practice in the grounds. Like can't they do that? You know, the library. They can go outside like, and practice. The ministry is pretty fucking restrictive on the use of magic for being you know ministry of magic. They're trying to con- they're trying to control the kids. The kids can misbehave, and uh, you've got the twins, for example. There you go. Yeah, because controlling twins is definitely going to work. Anyway, <laughs> since I just posed the most Ravenclaw of all questions about where you can and cannot study, we are going to end this chapter. Um, thank you so much for joining us. My name, as usual, is Tavi Wickman, and I'm here with Mona Musa. We'll be back again next week with chapter eight. And the name of that chapter is... The Potions Master. Yeah with the school bully, Severus Snape. Snape, Snape, Severus Snape, Dumbledore.
thank you for making it to the end of another of Muggles and Mudbloods episode. My name is, as usual, Tavi Wickman, and I've been here with Mona Musa. If you don't remember what we sang at the very end there, that is The Mysterious Ticking Noise by Potter Puppet Pals on YouTube, a classic within the Harry Potter fandom, as you surely know. We'll be back again next week discussing Professor Snape, but until then, please do smash that subscribe button, leave us a rating or a review, tell us what you think about the podcast, send us a message on Facebook or Instagram, we would love to hear your feedback, and of course, have a great week.